So it's the Overnight Scape Central with the big question, is the Central outmoded? And uh, earlier today, I have to admit, there was only a contribution from Frank, which I listened to, and felt uh, I was heeding his words, which you will hear, as usual. Uh, he, he bats clean up on this show, so we will hear from him right before we end this thing. But uh, surprisingly, I have now heard from Doc Slees and Chad Bowers, so we have a triad. We have response. We have a proper Overnightscape Central happening this week, which makes me feel good, and I'm sure for you this is going to make this much more like a real overnight. I mean, it's great when it's just Frank and I because I have a very deep... Um, I'm a fan. I am an appreciator of Frank Edward Nora and how he speaks and how he approaches this, and it's always just such a joy to uh, work with Frank and, and everybody for that matter. And Doc Slees, one of the most prolific of our contributors, Chad also uh, right up there with the prolific overnight scape central stalwarts and having them both here, just this, I, I feel like I'm part of a team, a cabal, so to speak, to bring uh, a multitude of approaches to a topic here every week on the Overnight Scape Underground, which that's the point of this. And uh, you, you, why didn't you? <laughs> Anyways, uh, we are just going to get this ball rolling this week and find out what other people are thinking because this format, it's almost 12 years now that we have been using this send in your segment and I might uh, comment in the middle or wait till the end. I mean, there was a time where I was cutting up everybody's contribution and mixing them to, the, sometimes it was really cool and cut up and avant-garde and other times I think it was desperately confusing. But we're going to approach these in a linear fashion as we have for uh, a number of years. And let's hear answers and ideas to is the central outmoded here on the Overnight Scape Central? We're going to start the ball rolling with Doc Slees. Step right up to the microphone, my friend. So is the central outmoded? Well, um, <laughs> I can guess that um, part of PQ's motivation for this topic is the fact that of late um, contributions seem to be thin on the ground. And uh, I, I plead guilty in being one of those people who used to contribute to the Overnight Scape Central um, quite prolifically, who now very rarely does. And so really to address that issue first, I can't speak for any of the other um, contributors to, 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 to the Central. But from my point of view, um, it reflects the fact that, well, I, I mean, obviously the longer you go on not contributing, 
uh, not recording these things, the more you get out of the habit of doing it, which is, I plead guilty there. Um, and even now I'm leaving it to the last minute. Um, I, I could have done this yesterday, but I didn't. But it, Because part of the point is that uh, my life has changed over the past few years, um, from my point of view, from the, for the better. And my old patterns of, of activity have changed immeasurably. And whilst I now being semi-retired, um, but still youthful, uh, <laughs> I would appear to have more time on my hands. The reality is that when you're in this situation, usually um, your activities expand in order to fill up the time. And that's certainly the case with me. I, I just, it's more difficult for me to slot in regularly recording stuff for the centre. I often have the best of intentions to do it, but then realise I've just run out of time. Um, I've put it off because I've been doing other things. I forgot, I forget because I've been doing other things. Um, that's the way, and particularly um, these past few weeks, because it's been the summer and I've been out a hell of a lot trying to, you know, we've had some very good weather, some lousy weather here, and some very good weather here, some incredible temperatures. We had a whole slew of, certainly where I am, about four or five days in a row where the temperatures got over 30 degrees, which is just unheard of in this country. And obviously I've been out enjoying it all. Um, I've been sitting on beaches and walking through forests and, and whatever. You know, all the things I do when, <laughs> when the weather's good and I've got time on my hands. But that's the thing. Um, I find it, I'll be honest with you, it's not just the central. Um, slotting in recording my own podcast. I, mean, I only do that once a month. And I tell you, that's, um, that can sometimes be difficult, finding the time to do it, to slot it in. And, um, oh, hang on a minute. I just have to attend to... Sorry. I've got the television playing in the background with the sound turned down and of course it's, it's, it's tuned to a streaming channel on my road via my roku box and the roku box has a irritating habit if you've been tuned to the same channel if you haven't touched your remote in several hours or keeps sort of prompting you about whether you want to continue are you still watching this and if you fail to hit the thing saying yes within a specified time it bloody switches off <laughs> Yeah, which is irritating anyway. It's Benny Hill at the moment on there. Which, which, I am, I've only been watching Benny Hill, repeats of Benny Hill for research purposes. Because uh, hopefully when I do find time to record my next podcast of my own, well, it'll become clear why I've been watching Benny Hill. But yeah, so, I mean, in fact, it's not just my, I mean, to be honest with you, I have it, about three editions of, of my other podcast, Schlock Express, which I know is missing in action, for been missing in action for a long time. I have about three editions of that. I've got the material for them ready to go, but I just can never find the time to record them. I have every intention of doing so, but, you know, I never seem to find the time to slot it in say things change it's, it's just 
the way it is. Um, also added to that is the fact that, and this isn't this isn't a criticism um, of PQ, who puts you know a lot of huge amounts of effort into into doing the central, you know, putting it together and keeping it going. Um, but there've been a lot of topics of late that I seem to remember I've 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 talked about them before. And I'm not sure I have anything new to say about them. And I'm sure people don't want to hear me just droning on repeating the same bloody thing all the time. And that's another thing also. I think people deserved a break from have deserved a break from me from hearing my voice. I would have hoped that other people would have. And again, I'm not criticising anyone here um, because, hey, you know. It's all of us have busy lives, I'm sure. Um, I would have hoped that other people might have. Um, stepped up um to, to make contributions and, and and to fill the gap i you know but that's not meant as a criticism of anyone at all you know because i say i understand perfectly <clears throat> how it is and to add on top of the fact that i i, I just don't have the time I, I, as much time free time as i perversely as i yes i used to when i was working um of late as well when I haven't been out with the nice weather and everything, I have this certainly this year and particularly over the past few months endured some bloody irritating ill health. Nothing serious, but just irritating that seems to take forever to get over, which puts you off of doing stuff at recording stuff as well. Um, yeah, so. As I say, to get back to the change in circumstances, one of the reasons I, I used to be able to record the stuff so regularly before when I was still working was because it was a, it was an escape, partly being able to do this from my bloody lousy job I had at the time that was the job from hell and um, that I needed to pay off my mortgage and amongst other things. And um, yeah, it was absolute hell. And this was one of the recording for the Central was every virtually every week was this wonderful relief, a little bit of escape from it all, from all the tensions and everything of the job. You know, thinking of what I was going to say, whether I had anything to say on the subject or the topic of the week and whatever. It's all part of the fun of of, um, of doing that, finding a release from it. And of course, nowadays, as I say, I don't have all that hassle from work. <coughs> Which means that um, I don't feel the need to um, escape quite so much. Because I can do that all the time. I can do what I like when I like most of the time. So, hey, you know. Um, it does also mean one of the curious things as well, though, is when you, you stop working, as I've done regularly, stop working regularly, it means you have... And you're left to your own devices. Um, I certainly, I, I, I'm naturally very introspective. I could be even more introspective. So in terms of external things that happen to me, external experiences, so to speak, um, become less and less. <clears throat> Which means you have less and less to talk about um, for things like the central. Because, you know, when you're talking about a topic, particularly, um, you'll, you'll, you'll draw upon your own experiences and... Um, you know, a lot of my experiences are so internalized now that um, 
you know, I'm sure nobody wants to hear about. Uh, so, and they're not relevant really to anything external to me. Um, if any of that makes sense. But there you go. Um, so that's why I personally have, have, have been absent without leave from the central um, for a long time, apart from a couple of contributions over the past um, six months, probably more than that, longer than that. Um, but the other part of the question implicit in it is, is the central outmoded in that it no longer has a purpose? Or, or there's something wrong, or, you know, it, it's, it's, um, format is obsolete. Um, I'd say that I think it still does have a purpose. And, you know, um, in that it, it, it does provide a forum, you know, where we, we, we all we we potentially all of us as contributors to the um, overnightscape and listeners to the overnightscape because just listening to it as a contribution too um, have an an opportunity to to um, do something as a group although all our contributions are as individuals at least brings together into some kind of a common group experience of talking about the same thing and the way in which people interpret that topic differently is worthwhile. Um, so no, it's not outmoded in that sense at all. I know perhaps part of the problem is to some extent it could be argued, could be contended that the um, exit ramp in a way fulfills that function but that's entirely different. You know, yes, it brings together contributors, listeners, etc. Um, into one form, but it's, it's live, at least it's recorded live. Um, and it's very, very different. It's in real time. There's not necessarily a set topic. We go all over the place, whatever. Um, it's a discussion rather than a series of monologues on the same subject each one give a different interpretation and you do at least um with 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 the central get to hear one person speak uninterrupted um, and put forward their arguments their ideas their concepts fully without interruption again not a criticism of the exit ramp but that's by its very nature of the exit ramp it's a discussion therefore people get interrupted trains of thought aren't developed, um, arguments get obscured, um, the discussion can sometimes get a bit heated. Um, I think certainly everybody knows I get exasperated with anything to do with so-called conspiracy, with, sorry, I won't call them conspiracy theories, or they just have, with conspiracy fantasies. But, you know, I'm not here really to talk about the, <laughs> the experience of the exit ramp. Um, no, I think the the central provides a completely different forum for airing our views in a more disciplined, perhaps in a more disciplined fashion, which again is not a criticism of, of uh, Frank's stewardship of 
the um, of the exit ramp. Um, but the fact you're talking on a specific subject, you get to do your monologue, you get to say your bit on the central, means that it's just a different, a materially different experience for both contributor and listener. Is it outmoded in format? Well, I've partly addressed that, but I don't know. Perhaps the, uh, the suggestion, I might, I don't know, maybe, maybe there should be a time limit on contributions. Maybe that's what puts some people off, is the fact that some people make very long, again, not a, not a criticism um, of people who make very long content. I've done that myself in the past. But it might be off-putting to people who think they have to match that. Um, it might be off-putting for list, potential listeners as well. To hear one person talking. Although, let's, fa let's face it, if you're a regular listener to the Overnightscape Underground, you, you, you surely must be used to, uh, <laughs> to hearing one person talking about, about something uninterrupted for a, for, you know, for a lengthy period. Um, but yeah, the difference is on the central, it's on the on the single subject. Um, and that might put some people off. Think, oh my god, I'm gonna to listen to an hour and a half of somebody talking about whatever, you know. Um, so I don't know, maybe maybe that could be something to experiment with. Say there's a I don't know, a half hour limit or something on on people who can't go over half an hour. I don't know. Which does present an interesting challenge and and, and present some uh, present the, the, the contributor with an interesting challenge. Can you stay within that? You know, within those parameters. Um I don't know. It's you know, at the end of the day, I I because that is is, is I don't know if anybody else remembers this, but years and years ago, um, Mike Booty sort of jokingly um, put forward that, that thing, trying to come up with a podcasting equivalent to the dogma, dogma 95 filmmaking rules about all the elements you have, to, you should have in a podcast format. And the thing I would add, I would add to all the things he said was, um, was that if you, if you have a format, you are comfortable with you should change it uh you should vary it because you can get too comfortable in a format and a format in a strict format can get frustrating very frustrating um becomes a straitjacket if you like because she keeps i mean again pq has talked about this before a long time shows how long i've been bloody listening uh <laughs> escape ground to ground uh, uh, that was his point for uh, was it bug out ending bug out was he 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 said he got into the situation where he he, he felt first because he thought if he didn't have a particular element in each show which had been in the previous show then he couldn't he couldn't um complete it you know each each individual show and I, I i understand that completely i got like that with with my original podcast the sleaze cast i got eventually into a format where i kept thinking there had to be certain things in it otherwise you know the episode was incomplete and i couldn't put it out there 
um, or I couldn't produce it in the first place because I couldn't think of a new variation on that element to, to put in it. Which is why now, every so often, the format of my own podcast. <clears throat> well, one, is I, I keep a fairly flexible and fluid format. Um, there are certain elements that are often in it, but don't always have to be in it. And also, every so often, I break the format completely and do something else which is usually deeply unpopular with anything you do if you break the format that people have got used to. But tough, you know. <laughs> we sh- as both listeners and contributors, we should welcome a challenge. But yeah, so anyway, there's some thoughts about, do I think the Overnightscape Central is outmoded? Which my, um, my answer is no, I definitely don't think it is. And... Um, Perhaps I should be making more of an effort to remember to actually record these contributions. And I apologise for not doing so, but, you know, circumstances change. But, you know, um, (coughs) I do think it's worth keeping going. But there you go. Anyway, that's my opinion. And back to you, PQ. A lot of interesting points. And, uh, yeah, you've been really, the doc uh, has been a stalwart. And what part of what I think happened was we always shifted around and maybe one week that it wasn't an interesting topic and uh, the whole Beatles series which I thought was really cool and Frank and I seemed to really get into it and a few others were sort of into it or were with it for a while and then I guess lost interest got distracted dropped out but yes the Beatles for, I don't know, three, four months straight may have also taken some of the momentum off of the variety that used to be part of this. And yeah, uh, the exit ramp does something, but you're right. It's a completely different thing. And the reason I am terrible at recording a conversation, because indeed, I just uh, burst people's bubbles I derail their train of thought by jumping in when they haven't even completed their idea. And that momentum, while somebody like Gene Shepard can just hop back on his horse and go back to where they were, or comment and take things around, that's not necessarily going to happen with a lot of people yet. Um... It's it's in thought to do something like that uh, or incorporate an exit ramp-like uh, concept here, which we'll talk about a little later probably. But yes, I need to keep the variety. And yes, I have been repeating, even though it's five, six years ago, and I figure, okay, we can do this again. A lot of people that have their set, like jazz, for example. If you said your say about jazz five years later, yes, pretty much you're going to say the same thing. I don't know how close I was to... uh, To me, it's a wide enough topic that I could hit jazz in a few weeks and say a bunch of other stuff about it. But I'm kind of a music guy, uh, so that would be very easy for me to do. A lot of uh, good thoughts and ideas, and I really do uh, thank you for jumping back in 
And yeah, it's amazing when you suddenly think your lifestyle changes and you think, okay, now I'm going to have all this open time with which to, let's say, do more podcasts. Uh, like me, I think I'm going to be doing more episodes of The Appreciator and other things just leap in. Uh, the brain just wants that time filled and it it finds things to fill that time with, which of course there's only so many hours in a day and even the most insomniac of us need to sleep at least a few hours. Uh, so there you have that. So let's just keep moving here and not lose the momentum with me rolling on the driveline. We've got Chad Bowers here to have his say on, Hey, Chad, is the Central outmoded? Tell me about it. Let's listen together. I don't think the Central is out of date. I don't think that uh, audio commentary uh, is the type of thing that would have a freshness date. It may be that as we move forward or rearward or sideways in time, that we find certain styles of speech, allowable speech, uh, allowable dress, sexual mores, these things change over time. But uh, it might be said that at a certain point things would be more in favor or not. But uh, in the long run, you know, these are these are pendulum-like motions that uh, will keep us fresh in the pantry of young minds for a long time. BHT, for example, glycerin. These are substances that Frank injects into the audio stream on a frequent basis. And despite the hundreds of people that... Uh, that died from it, you know, it's a, it's an insult to say that nobody died as a result of uh, of the onsug because the very day Frank released something, a guy down the street had a heart attack. And, uh, and another guy that was watching from home on YouTube, his brother died. So clearly there are two deaths directly attributable to the preservatives found in the overnight scape underground. Now the most interesting of these is celery. You may not know this, but some people say that celery requires more energy to consume and digest than it gives you. So it's a, uh, a dietetic food. One of the great dietetic foods of our age was cottage cheese. If you were a person in the 1970s, early 80s, and you wanted to tell your co-workers that you were in a dieting way, you'd get yourself a blade of lettuce, lay it out on some Tupperware, on some paper towels, and on top of that you would put a scoop of cottage cheese, lumpy cottage cheese, and this would signal to everybody that 
you were in a diet way. Now, in the early 80s, we also had the AIDS crisis. Now, this was a diet supplement that caused stomach issues and discomfort in a lot of people. And there were a lot of people hurt by the AIDS epidemic, but this product, for unknown reasons, did not succeed in the marketplace as the 80s wore on. It, um, it fell out of favor with brandsters, hipsters, marketers. Who knows the reason? Some say it didn't really taste like chocolate at all. Which brings up the uh, constipation conundrum. A lot of people look back at ex-lax, you know, it's like an ex-wife or a, uh, ex-facto. It's uh, ex-lax. So no longer lax. It gets your colon in gear, squeezes out some poop. Just like a tube of toothpaste, apply pressure at one end and the paste flows freely out the other end. In the case of some toothpaste, such as the Aquafresh, you've actually got three different colors coming out of the tube from different angles. And this is the lining of your colon, unless something such as a nodule would interrupt the flow causing ripples in the toothpaste as it comes out onto your brush. But the X-Lax conundrum, the fascinating aspect of X-Lax, was the decision in the first place to make it chocolate tablets. Now, some say that scientifically it is rational to think that a person that would have constipation issues would also be a person who might eat too many chocolate treats, such as bonbons. Of course, in our minds, we're, we're thinking of divine in our pink dress, sitting in a trailer, tossing bonbons down that fat gullet of hers, and perhaps ending up a little bit later frustrated on the toilet. So X-Lax enters the picture. It's a solution disguised as chocolate person realizes they have a problem, they take a little break. They put General Hospital on pause. They lift themselves, perhaps with a device, out of the easy chair. And they roll over to their bathroom where they retrieve the box of X-Lax. Now they eat some of those for a change. Now you're eating chocolates, but you're eating X-Lax chocolates. And things are starting to move. One of the things they do is they provide medicines that will increase liquid going into the colon. The colon obviously is designed to pull liquids and food and substances out of the food. But you can also reverse this process. You may know from your car you've got a Prindle controller. And the Prindle controller will ride you through park, through reverse, through neutral, all of these things. Now, Prindle can also be related to the letters on Wheel of Fortune that are always available. The, the letters of R.L. Stein, 
the uh, famous writer. R-S-T-L-N-E. Now, when I look at that, because of the juxtaposition of the T with its ironic cross at the top, T for Tom slash Jesus or Jesus, what the hell, right? What the H? Jesus. That's the trick. When people say what the H is, a biblical expression, Jesus. Or, in this case, the T for Tom, which relates to the cross. Now, R.S., that's the first initials, and this is a name that I've thought I should take up as a ghostwriter. I should write my memoir as a ghostwriter, writing for myself. And I will use the nom de plume R-S-T-I-L-N-E. Now, there is no I in the free letters of Will of Fortune, but since 1988... 4.8 billion man-hours have been used staring at these letters on the screen. And I can't help but feel that that's going to give me a little bit of positive momentum in the Amazon store when I publish my memoirs. One of the uh, secrets to my success is going to be my uh, method of untoasting bread. And also my recipe for apples. Now, this is a fun treat for a kid. So you get you a normal apple. It can be any type of variety of your choice. And you want to core out the top of it, kind of like you're opening up a pumpkin. Now, once you get this cored out, I want you to go down on the inside with a spoon and carve out as much of that apple flesh as you possibly can. Apple flesh makes a wonderful ingredient to add to pies. So, in a spare dish pie pan or spare pie that you have baking, go ahead and take that apple mixture, that flesh, out of the apple, put it in the pie. Now you've got a cored out sphere, which is essentially an apple. And inside the vacant cavity left, we're going to fill that sucker up just like a young man going to prison for the first time with his cell phone. We're going to stuff inside of there a mixture of peanut butter, peanuts, raisins, and perhaps some seeds of some type. If you're adventuresome, you might want to put some spice in there. Now, I hope you save the top of the apple because just like a pumpkin, you're going to cut that off flat and you're going to put that back on top so that you have a whole apple. You take this, you leave it on the teacher's desk, and when they grab that sucker and bite into it, the peanut buttery apple raisin surprise that greets them will bring a smile to their eyes. And the rat poison you hid inside, well, that'll cause them to bleed out, hopefully before the end of the day, so we'll get an early release. I did that from third grade through ninth grade. Of course, teachers caught on after that. No one would eat the apples for me, so I switched to watermelons and explosives. But it's a it's a wonderful recipe. Um, it was published once in Boys Life magazine, and uh, you know, back when I worked for Woman's Day and Woman's World, I would often publish recipes that 
I would come upon in the kitchen one of my uh, micro-fantastics that I published under the name Wonder Maker Willow Spunking or Willow Willow hell what was my name Wonder Maker Willow Spunky fine recipes my Midnight Fantastics one of my Midnight Fantastics was a large olive filled inside with a red pimento but I would take that out and instead, I would take a hunk of smoky cheddar cheese, and I would wedge that down inside the olive. Pop that in your mouth at midnight. Put your flavor effect on high power. That's a good enjoyment. I used to polish off a couple bottles of those while watching the Andy Griffith show. Something about that and playing the flute brings back memories of the roller rink. Perhaps it's the Sid and Marty Croft era, and all the dancers from television with live action scenes and witchy poo. And these things bring back a lot of good memories for me. Yeah, the overnight scape underground actually gets fresher each time you listen. The uh, 14,000 hours of programming can be best enjoyed if listened to three times. So you'll want to keep that in mind when you're making your schedule, or picking your itinerary for the week. My itinerary last week was I went to Nashville, uh, Tennessee, which is about three and a half hours north of Birmingham. It's a very touristy city. It uh, it calls itself the uh, the uh, the mother church of country music. And I don't understand what that means at all, but it seems to work for the marketing because there are groups of people in the hotel I was staying at that would gather every morning, and then people would come around and they would pick them up and they would take them on walking tours of the area, just to point at things with the climactic finish being, look at that. You see that over there? That's the Ryman Auditorium, the mother church of country music. And everybody would go, oh, my God. It was, um, it was a religious moment on par with the NASA astronauts when the uh, Cape Calm told them, Godspeed, gentlemen. You know, you got to wonder, Godspeed, good... Lord, we're, uh, I thought, 10,000 miles an hour. Uh, I thought orbital velocity of 35,000 miles per hour was sufficient. But Godspeed, get out of my way, Turkey. We're going to the moon. Yeah, I like to travel in Godspeed. I wish my cruise control had a button for that in the car. I have a feeling that it would absolve you of all tickets or or all interstate hassle from uh, troopers of different types trying to stop you and search your vehicle for the 10,000 fentanyl pills that I hide within the tires. Speaking of fentanyl pills, well, that's the worst of my... That's the, that's the least of my problems. You ever heard of red cake uranium? Well, I've got red cake uranium left over from the Cuban Missile Crisis down in my basement. 
In fact, I, uh, I often use it to help overthrow the government. That's something I'm working on now. Yeah, I'm going to take all that red cake uranium and uh, I'm going to mix it into something akin to a Slurpee. And I'm going to put that up there and I'm going to have that kid from Double Bubble Bubblegum. Pud was his name. A man named Pud. Now that'll toughen a boy up. You want to make a real man of your son, just name him Pud. Not much better than Dub and Bub. Get it? Double Bubble. Now that was the original characters that were part of the Fleer Funnies inside of Double Bubble Bubblegum. Dub and Bub were came about around 1930, right after the Great Depression, fresh from Nebraska and the dust. My lord, those giant dust storms. They'd, they'd make you wish you had some gum in your mouth. Those guys last till about 1950, and then Pud comes along in his piles. And he goes on a diet in the 60s. But he's more or less there today, and he continues the same tradition of... Uh, a type of humor that doesn't really have humor to it. It's uh, it's like you read it and you think, huh, and, and that's, you know, that's what you get out of it. That's the whole goal. Let's read read up on Dub and Bub here. From uh, here's Dub. Look, this is that new kid's uh, car that runs all by itself. They're you know they're off uh, looking at a little. Toy car that's big enough for the two of them to fit inside with wagon wheels on the back. And it's got soup cans for lights in the front. And it's got a front wheel made out of a piece of bread. Here it comes. Where can we buy it from him? Say, feller, we'd like to buy this here car from you. How much you want for it? Gee, uh, you can have it for 50 cents. And Dub looks at Bub and says, By gum, how does this thing work? And then this little monkey shows up and he says, Listen, Bobble Twins, y'all better get yourself another motor, because this one, I'm gone home. And that guy they bought it from looks like he's just seen a genie come out of a coin. He's staring at his, uh, you never know, back in the Depression, it may have been, uh, you know, something, you may have been able to get, like, a piece of bread or something. Uh, gurgle, gurgle, this is swell, pud. <laughs> oh, hold everything, bud, my straw is broken. They're trying to share a, uh, a shake together, a malt. And this little dog's going, woof, would you like some ice cream on a dog biscuit? Oh dear, I left my purse at home, says the lady. Well, you take four cents for a graham cracker. See, it's a, it's a comic strip. But it's not funny in the traditional sense of funny. Good morning, says uh, Pud. He's tipping his hat to a, a very normal-looking lady in a red dress with her hat and her hair's fixed, and she's got her heels on, carrying a, carrying a purse. You know, we, we made fun of these people for... At least 50 years, we made fun of them, but I don't think we realized that uh, that they would go away, that they would not be there, you know. 
when when we were attacking kind of the uh, the Eisenhower uh, like culture, secretly we always imagined that somehow they would stay in power. You know, we didn't realize that the near to well uh, slobs would in fact take over, although it was warned about from the beginnings of democracy as one of the uh, one of the dangers, particularly if you didn't have to do anything other than vote for yourself to get money, you know. But so these people are gone now. You look at these old comics and you've you've lost the perspective for what it is actually they're making fun of because you you see this lady and uh, and she's inherently funny because of. Um, the cultural stew that we steeped in for 50 years. Do you know that lady, says Pud's friends? No, but I'm wearing Pud's cap and, well, he knows her. I didn't even realize that was not Pud. So there's a little kid wearing the cap. Looks like Pud. I guess it's a lesson to all of us with comics. It's pretty funny, really. The greatest talkers are the least doers. Uh, here he is trying to fish some punch out of a big punch bowl that's a little too tall for him. And he's reaching in and tipping it over, trying to get it, and it falls right on his head, splashing punch and liquid all around him. Speaking of punch, have you, uh, have you seen that new movie, Punch and Judy 14? It's the best yet in the series. <laughs> they come out there and they... Uh, getting a fight, and uh, one of them forgot something, the other's beating the other one over the head. So I don't know how they come up with this stuff, but Punch and Judy 14 might be my favorite film in the series. I'm, I'm saving up to buy the box set as well as to have a commemorative tattoo put across my entire backside. I think this one's going to last. I think when people look at my dead body hundreds of years from now they'll say oh yeah Punch and Judy 14 that really was the highlight wasn't it well for a hot minute young fella for just a hot minute it was speaking of red cake uranium man the Russians are kicking our ass in Ukraine that's going to be kind of interesting how do you explain that I guess all the weapons we built were kind of built for fighting a, another version of World War II. And then at some point, we decided that, you know, we don't like Russia. We never have. They're, they're kind of the one holdouts to this global world government that we're trying to put together. And there's just this big Christian nation over there that's uh, just kind of in the way. So we got to get rid of them. So we're going to try to put some pressure on them. So we overthrow the Ukrainian government in 2014, put our own stooge in power, give them billions and billions of dollars over the next decade. And uh, I don't know. I, I guess our hubris finally got to us. It's not working out, you know. Russia's kind of enjoying like a 10 to 1 kill advantage over there. So we sacrificed an entire nation of young people. 500,000 dead Ukrainians. 
More than that many left the country never to return again. About 14 million have left the country. And of course Ukraine wants to get them back. They want the host nations that received them to arrest them and extradite them back to Ukraine so they can be thrown in the military, all boys, 16 and up. And like their other dead brethren, they can be killed on the battlefield within their first four hours of arriving. Yeah, the average Ukrainian soldier enjoys a life of four hours on the battlefield. Wow, crazy, crazy times. I guess the lesson is, is don't speak out against the, uh, the Uniparty or you'll be Russell branded right in your face. They'll Russell brand you right up upon the head and shoulders. I think I used to have a sticker for that back then when the uh, wacky packages. Head in boulders. And see, there were these like giant rocks of dandruff falling out of this guy's head. That's how bad it was. He didn't have, uh, he didn't have dandruff. He had boulders falling out of his head. Of course, dandruff has never really had the same stigma ever since Ali Sheedy made it sexy in John Hughes' film, The Breakfast Club. Sometimes I look at Ali Sheedy shaking her dandruff across that snowy scene that she drew out on paper, and I just think to myself, if, if I could just cuddle up to that unwashed sweater of hers and smell a little bit of the love, because you know she smelled good. You know she didn't shower, and she had a natural odor about her that uh, that would fill the nostrils with fulfillment. I think John Hughes knew. Speaking of that movie, you remember Molly Ringwald? Well, Molly Ringwald is a shapeshifter. Molly Ringwald followed a, a steady trajectory. And then magically, in 1990 or so, she morphed into Gillian Anderson and became not only a poet, but a star of television's X-Files. We dig TV. We dig remote control. We dig the furry freak brothers in the Twilight Zone. We dig Marvel and DC, Run DMC, and Renegade Soundwave, and ACDC. Ah. Say pop will eat itself, and it's happening. We're entering the blender. It's a lot like a black hole, Disney's black hole. Common story of a couple little robots lost in a spaceship that looked a lot like the Eiffel Tower, a stained glass church. Next thing you know, you're timeless, going through the gates of heaven. You see Satan standing on the side of a mountain twirling his uh, blade-like appendages on his right hand. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good movie. You should, uh, you should check that out. That's a good movie. I've made a little bit of a mess here. I'm kind of stirring some soup. I've got a big, heavy uh, La Crusette pot on top of the fire here. And it's full of about two gallons of uh, chicken 
taco soup. Traditional taco spices, some jalapenos added, black beans, white navy beans. Ooh, that's gonna be good. Got about another another hour before it's done. Down on just a low simmer at the moment. Let me see if I can clean this liquid up. Otherwise, uh, Uh -oh. oh, get it! Don't get it in the flame. Here's the thing: when you have a gas stove and you're trying to, ooh, you're trying to clean the uh, the area next to the burner, you got to remember there's an open flame down there, and those uh, those paper towels, particularly mine because I have them soaked in ether, obviously, uh, are liable to spontaneously combust. Mere rags left in the corner of your home, if oily, will spontaneously combust. And yet they say people don't. I saw uh, Kirsten Alley in a Las Vegas buffet line. She was going back for a fifth plate. And she spontaneously burst like a beefsteak tomato. That it sat in the sun a little too long. Like my eyeballs on a couple hits of acid. That feeling of so much light coming in. So much coming in. Through the retina. Through the hole in the front of my eyeball. Where I have a lens situated. A fixed lens. Like a Polaroid land camera. But better, it doesn't even use film. In fact, it creates nothing but electrical signals. And these electrical signals go to my brain, and my brain hallucinates them into the visuals that I encounter every day. And from moment to moment, this hallucination built up of references from my whole life coincide together like the ingredients of a cake and form what might be suitable to call an independent reality. And that's the way it's been for about 50-something years at this point. I've been observing this very same phenomenon. I'll say this for it, it all seemed real. But I'm very happy to know that time does not exist and we are actually beings outside of time who have chosen to come in to this reality. You do know that's why in the story of Adam and Eve it's so important that Adam and Eve made the choice to eat the apple. They made the choice to do that. And it's important to know that God knew that they would make that choice. And in fact, he was happy they did so. It's a contract thing. Just like with the uh, Illuminati, there's a certain degree you have to be out front with these things. You have to tell people just right out in the open. You just have to come out and say it, bold-faced. Look, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. 
and then you replace their entire currency system. You make gold illegal, and uh, you track their every move. And each one of them lives in a small thousand-square-foot dwelling. And you return the world to the state of peasants and royalty. You've got a 10% global rich, and the rest of the 90% are all absolutely equal in their dissolute poverty. They have no power to do or think anything on their own. But it gets rid of that pesky middle class that produced independent intellectual thinkers like some of us that listen to this stuff. Hmm. But then the sad part was, yeah, the sad part was uh, we just didn't know what reality was truly made of. We didn't realize the implications. We didn't realize the, uh, the idea that it takes a shepherd. Someone has to stand up for the flock. No way around it, any way you cut it. Most people are just going to kind of follow along. So it takes good people, strong character, to stand up and make things right. And if they do, and you don't like it, then you chop their head off, and then you make things right. See, that's divine leadership. That's how the king and queen became divinely the head of government. They killed everyone else. They are their people. They killed everyone else. Divine government. Very interesting. The divine right of kings, they call it. A lot of people think it means the other. They think, oh, no, it means they were blessed and picked. And, it, and, and No, no, they're, they're speaking from base reality. It's a, uh, it's a look at reality, and it's saying, how can I figure out what's going on here? So it's, it's, it is true statements from a point of base reality. And if you're not reading the Old Testament that way, then you're reading it wrong because there's no magic in it. None of that stuff is magic. It's tales and stories told from the position of base reality, looking at the apparent reality around ourselves and saying that we are here. We don't know why we're here, but we're here. And if we are here, then we must be here because of some external thing put us here. And if some external thing put us here, there must be a reason. So then we start thinking of all the ways we could make the best of it. You know, save today for tomorrow. Have patience, the long game, be kind to each other, all this stuff. You want to develop a, a strong group of men that can form a, a patriarchy, if you will. And this patriarchy will make it unacceptable for rogue young men to go around raping and pillaging the other women. It will protect women, and in fact, eventually, it will coddle them to the point that they will turn on the very system that protected and burn it all down, and then they'll be raped by Muslim men. So, you know, you've got that going for you. That's a plus. That can happen in a lot of European cities. I'm talking particularly about, uh, about Switzerland, all those fine areas like that. So, yeah, that's, that's what you want to do in reality. That's exactly what you want to do, so... I don't think the overnight scape underground has uh, 
has had its freshness fade at all. I think brighter days are ahead of us. And if I can do anything about it, I will endeavor to bring us worldwide attention. I could do that with a, a gas giant. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about sending a flaming uh, arrow into a planet that was nothing but, uh, but explosive gas? And then you could put an oxidizer out there. But then from a distance looking at it, it wouldn't even register. It would be, uh, it would be so insignificant, right? How does it, how does it even register? Do you guys have ice in your freezer when you were young? When I was very young, we had metal ice trays that had a little lifting mechanism that somehow, through the solid mass of ice, was meant to crack the ice. If only you had the 500 pounds of force needed uh, to crack it. Then later, these were replaced by these blue plastic ice trays and it was a relatively new and unique type of plastic to have in the house. I think it was a um, probably a polycarbonate of some type, and it flexed, which allowed for a much easier time to crack the ice cubes out. And then it wasn't much longer after that that ice makers became inexpensive enough to enter the, the middle class in mass, just like telephones just like telephones did, you know. Everybody had a phone number at one point. This has all got me thinking. This has all got me thinking about the magazines of my youth. Let's talk about some of those right now, please. Hold my towel. I was reading magazines uh, this week at work. You know, Google has a lot of uh, scanned magazines. In. You can read most life magazines from the 1950s, if not 40s, up to uh, around 1972. On the other hand, they had popular mechanics. That's... Uh, may have been a different, may have been the same collection. It was Spin Magazine. Spin Magazine brought back lots. <laughs> a great deal of memories. The uh, Spin Magazine was about music. It was like Rolling Stone. It was about popular culture, as we would, uh, you know, refer to it. Back then, I don't think we really called it a pop culture magazine. It was just uh, it was just kind of a, a hipper version of Rolling Stone. If Rolling Stone had sort of these original sensibilities, and by the some point in the '70s, you know, they they were very much a, kind of a corporate giant. You know, I mean, they they were the voice of. Uh, from my opinion, Spin Magazine, um, controversial articles at time, you know, it was, uh, they wrote a lot of stuff about perhaps HIV doesn't cause AIDS, um, you know, 
Celia Farber was the name of that writer. And I don't know the full story, but... Uh, but right or not, correct or not, it was interesting. It was good reading, and uh, their music coverage leaned a little more towards the college rock alternative crowd. The... Uh, the interesting thing is beyond mentions of timely mentions of all the relevant big acts of the day, there were also all of these little notes and there were there were always like not letters to the editor, but that sort of a feel in the front of my, there were places where they would just someone would write. Uh, Henry Rollins in the early nineties was a writer for them. He wrote some good articles that this whole poetry thing. Do you remember that? Henry Rollins started that whole uh, poetry deal. All us kids were, uh, you know, going out to the coffee shop and uh, doing poetry readings. That became part of the whole deal. The coffee. I tell you, in 86, I remember uh, 1986 in Bel Air Mall, I I saw this really wealthy-looking couple, and they were, uh, it was like they were wearing a suit, but it was different, you know? These were, um, uh, these were wealthy goth, uh, couple, number one. And the guy looked, uh, a bit like the lead singer of Flock of Seagulls, uh, no, scratch that, not Flock of Seagulls. He looked... He looked a bit like Peter Murphy. He um, had brown hair, and I remember the date. Looked a little bit like Elvira, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't overdone. It was not cartoonish. It was. Um, it was more like if you saw. Uh, gosh, what's what's the Dave Vanian married? She was in Sisters of Mercy for a while. Um, th this magazine had uh, the habit, sort of in their in-between pages and mentions here and there, of just mentioning more obscure items that if you were interested in sort of the core items of the magazine, I'm sure you'd find these interesting too. But this is where you'd learn about bands like Einster's End and Nybauden, you know, Blixa Bargeld, and, uh, oh, early mentions, even, you know, late 80s, there was like kind of this Nashville, uh, no, early 80s, there was a Nashville scene with bands like Jason and the Scorchers, who were kind of following, uh, kind of that cowpunk angle, which is kind of connected a bit to the Gun Club and Jeffrey Lee Pierce, who's uh, who's one of my heroes. Yeah, him, uh, Mick Jones from The Clash and Big Audio Dynamite. Just really cool, man. Really cool folks, you know. Just brilliant creativity. I admire that. Yeah. The other thing I noticed was in reading Life magazine, 
this um, this persistent feeling that America, the the great empire, even at uh, just after its height, you know, I gotta have imagined the uh, the fifties were probably the height of uh, the American empire of what it thought of itself. Now, of course, it was flawed and. As is any situation, there's. We should know by now that in nature, when uh, when you approach a, a crest, the 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 sequence starts spinning off, and you sort of get these fractal patterns that that go from this progression that had been happening. You've been following this progression like a gro- glowing or uh, growing crystal. And you've been following this progression, you've been riding, and you're coming upon a crest, and things are really smoothing out and gaining steam, and all of a sudden, complexity bursts out of it, you know, out of the blue, almost. It just distorts into chaos. It's, um, you know, the things needed to correct the thing end up being the thing that destroys the thing. And it really is sort of a yin and yang situation. You have this uh, which leads me to the point that I think that um, the people that come after us, our children perhaps uh, if you're like me and you don't have kids, all the uh, you know descendants of people that you have known, will turn their lives over to a computer to run. And it might be interesting to see how these computers start wars with each other. Or amongst the people themselves, of course. You know, the sci-fi expected outcome. The one we knew was coming, you know. When you look at the dystopia that... uh, The people, the uh, the current priest class, the uh, the priestly class is uh, is all on board with this uh, philosophical idea. You know that you have this uh, world run to the nth degree of rules. Nothing bad will ever happen because nothing bad will ever be allowed to happen won't even be human. It'll be, uh, it'll be like the worst HR nightmare you can imagine, but with gray walls and gray floor and cubicles and fluorescent lighting and endless cabinets full of information over every aspect of your life, every place you've ever been, every thought you've ever had, everything you've ever gazed at, your heartbeat at each of those moments. Your genetic code. Think our code changes while we, uh, while we're alive. I think it's tuning. I think it's making memories. I think that it is a interface using quantum effects to communicate with. Did you hear that guy from Smash Mouth died? That was a good song, man. I remember that, uh... 
it was right after Infogrames took on the uh, Atari logo, after they had purchased Atari. They later renamed themselves as Atari, but this game was uh, Splashdown. You were on a jet ski, riding the waves. It was like an updated version of Nintendo 64's Wave Race. Brilliant game, but wonderful opening. Get one of those groovy songs. I think that guy was the one singing it. You got the Infogrames logo, fades into the Atari logo for the first time in video game commercial use in many years at that point. A new rebirth of Atari. Kind of like the current one, you know? They just purchased Atari Age. And I'm, uh, I'm very happy for Al at Atari Age. I've, I've been a member there since 2002, and I believe he started it in 2001. Um, still a great community of people, many people that were there from the beginning, that we still talk about uh, everything from the Atari VCS 2600 to uh, 5200, 7800, Atari Jaguar, Atari Lynx, the Atari 8-bit home computers, the Atari S. Oh, Chad, just bringing back faith in the Overnightscape Underground and the Overnightscape Central as a concept, as a living, breathing vehicle for ideas, thoughts, dreams, uh, and talking about them and going off on these incredible tangents that are both meaningful and controversial and totally absurd to point out that everything that we are presented with, that we are told is meaningful, is both frightening, scary, and also quite absurd. Uh, this world, that, that we reflect it, and this is almost a refuge where we can, like Chad just did, talk about it and bring it to a point where we can swallow it you know it's like swallowing that big capsule and your throat is dry and all you need to do is to wet your whistle so to speak and that was some awesome uh whistle wetting talk uh and again uh to the idea that uh, you know, cutting it down or limiting the idea that this is unlimited is part, I think, of the magic of the Overnightscape Central. And this, I don't know, Chad's had does some things like this that bear such repeat listening because, I mean, he covered this week's topic rather succinctly and then went off into this wondrous chain of thoughts and making soup and then brought us back to the topic of magazines which we addressed uh recently if it was it last week i keeping track of any of this becomes so i don't know uh, i used to be on top of things and now i really don't feel uh, a continuity, a new continuity is happening 
where it doesn't matter what we talked about last week, because this is what we are talking about this week. You know what I mean? Am I just... But yes, I'm uh, rolling this around in my head, because in certain ways, no, this being able to express ourselves and uninterrupted, let the thoughts flow without someone saying, hey, but wait a minute. I mean, sometimes I'll do that, but in the case of, of the Overnightscape Central, you've already completed your thoughts, and I might be jumping in and interrupting. But when you resume, you haven't even heard my interruption, although you're welcome at some future date. And sometimes people have come back and said, oh, no, PQ, you should do this, or I meant that. But a lot of times, I will point something out and be quite shocked and amazed that if I would have just kept listening, the idea was resolved in such a way that perhaps I didn't need to make any comments. But, you know, uh, this is my contribution. When I think about these programs I do, especially the Overnightscape Central, this is some sort of my gift. I don't know. That, 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 that's making me sound too benevolent. Maybe I'm just being selfish in doing these and presenting myself and imposing myself on future generations. People who say like Frank Edward Nora or like Chad or like Doc Slees and are willing to listen to me to hear what they think and put up with whatever interruptions and digressions and criticisms I might concoct. It's hard to say, because we all are perceiving this stream of reality, and it's this huge torrent, and none of us can really see all of the particles that make up this torrent, and you can never step in to the same river twice, as is often said. So we are all stepping in and pronouncing, suggesting what we might be seeing here. And that's really what the Overnightscape Central is about and why I like it very much that people respond and come here and express themselves in some reaction to a topic that I posit uh, sometimes without hardly thinking, uh, just, oh, what will we talk? Oh, yes, the Anunnaki are telling me. They're whispering in my ear. And blame it on the Anunnaki. No, it's, uh, <laughs> while it does make for good shtick, I suppose, except for the ones like Frank suggested a bunch and other hosts have come up with ideas. These topics come from someplace in my head. And often I wonder, why did I say that at a certain point, listening back, and I said something that I now don't necessarily feel, and maybe didn't even feel in the moment that I said it, but I thought it was clever or appropriate or perhaps making a joke that others might take seriously. Why do we do anything that Why did I choose when I went to the refrigerator to drink water and not orange juice? Why have I chosen to stop drinking 
Gatorade as my staple beverage? All of these questions. I mean, is sugar really that bad for me? Or am I just convinced in this moment that if I don't have as much sugar, perhaps I'll live a few more minutes. I will get some goal accomplished that I wouldn't if I had sugar in me. All of these things run through my head. And yeah, that's why we have the Overnight Scape Central, perhaps. But um, the other reason that we have the Overnight Scape Central is this man that we're going to hear now, Frank Edward Nora, has some interesting uh, things to say. I listened to this earlier, but uh, I'm going to give it an, another good skimming and uh, be back with some comments. So, uh, again, let's um, put up our feet. The beverage of your choice, be it water, orange juice, Gatorade, or some other concoction, or some combination thereof, let's listen together. Is Central outmoded? I would say no, it is not outmoded, but I have a lot of thoughts on this uh, on this topic. It's uh, something that touches on a number of different uh, aspects of our project here in the world we're living in and how things are changing. And it's also something that relates to a, a, a strain or sprain of thought that I work on quite a bit in the back of my mind uh, that sort of asks the same question in a way. Um, and I want to sort of go into the details of that but uh, I do not think a central is outmoded. I think that um, I know in recent months, perhaps the uh, participation level has got has has not been as high as we've had in in, in the past. Though even in the past couple of months, we've I mean, there's been a few shows PQ where it's just you and me. Uh, I always love doing central. Just so you know, it, it is it is something that is part of my schedule. And even when I was in Europe, I did two of them uh, magazines. Which that was two weeks ago, right? The magazines episode. Um, <clears throat> that actually, from my calculations here, was was central number 666. Can you imagine? Episode 666. Could have, we could have uh, had the, done the topic about uh, the number of the beast and evil and things like that. We just didn't know. But uh, No, I really enjoyed it. I, I went out in the morning when I was in Venice, Italy, and did, did my little thing on uh, magazines and... Uh, then, of course, last week, jazz, I was on the porch in Innsbruck, Austria, on my last day in Europe. But I always love um, doing my central segments, and it's uh, something that uh, I, I see the topic and start to formulate what I'm going to say about the topic, and it's something that sort of ruminate in the back of my mind and uh, really sort of work on it, the angle of attack I'm going to take on it. Uh, this this one when I saw this this topic it is certainly not it is a, a very relevant question though this has been a tough one to sort of process in my mind I've been trying to figure out what what you know how am I going to approach it I'm just, I'm just going to approach this completely you know talking about all aspects of it um, of course overnight escape central going away over ten years six hundred this would be episode six hundred and sixty eight and uh, you know as the stats in the book you know we have uh, had uh, 73 different uh, guests have appeared on this show, 73 different people. And in terms of the uh, number of people that have done uh, 50 or more episodes, we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 uh, people have, have done over 50 episodes of The Central. 
And uh, I have the full list over here. Of course, I maintain it in the book, the full list of uh, participants and how many shows they've done. Um, I, th I, I do think Central is an incalculable audio treasure. As we've talked about a lot, I mean, just the, the vast, the vastness of the list of topics, which I also have here in alphabetical order. May, I may go through that a little bit later if we have time. We'll see. Um, but my first observation is that uh, <coughs> Overnightscape Central, as uh, most of the uh, projects here on Onsug Radio, um, we, 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 we have a format, or not a format, we have a kind of a philosophy. And I, and I will say, before I talk about all this stuff, that when it comes to this project, you know, as I've talked about many times, I feel like uh, there is something guiding us at some level. There is some help from above at some level. The, the fact that this project is still going after such a long time, both Overnight Escape Central and Onsug Radio and all the other shows, and, I, I, you know, like just this past month, what, 53 episodes, 82 hours of new content just last month, so, uh, still a, a, a great amount of participation in, in the channel. Um, I, I always th I'm constantly thinking about this. How is this working? And I, I've sort of gone to the point where I think about this project, uh, the overall project and all of the shows within it, as uh, something... What's the right way of saying this? It's hard to put into words. It basically is that I, I don't exactly know how it's all working, but I know something good when I see it, and and so I I have acknowledged many times that it, it that there seems to be something else involved, some kind of outside influence, whatever that might be, beings, higher beings, people from the future, or maybe just all of our deep subconscious minds. However, it's working. It, it there's something going on. So I have sort of resigned myself to sort of saying, I don't know exactly what's going on here, uh, but all I know is that myself and all of us here on the channel, we're producing, the bottom line is we're producing a very high quality audio content and preserving it. And to me, that is the main thing that I, that I, that I am really concerned about. So what we're doing is high quality content. And then also we've sort of, um, I would say, somewhat stumbled into the it being what you might consider very idealistic, though it was not necessarily my original intention that our whole project is non-commercial, that we're preserving, we're preserving everything for the people of the future, and it's sort of like we're, in in some ways, you know, uh, providing this uh, connection to the past to the people in the future uh, as a sort of a pure intent. It's not uh, something that's to make money or to stroke the ego. Though, of course, ego the ego thing is part of it. You know, we get a we we, we get a what they used to call ego boo <laughs> an ego boost when. It's, I don't know if it's an ego boost. It's just I sort of feel like the artistic process of putting effort into creating something, and then in the end, uh, I feel like what those like the show I did or the segment I did was like pretty good. I feel good about that. I don't know if that's an ego thing. I don't know what that is actually. But anyway, it wasn't my original intent to to have the whole thing be non-commercial and all that. But I think that we have sort of, in a way, uh, stumbled into uh, this. What I would say, very idealistic, and I think, I think anyone that looked at looks at what we're doing, I think would see it admirably, 
in a world where there seems to be so much cynicism and so much bad stuff going on, I feel like what we're doing here has to be in the in the ultimately in the good column at some level, right? Um, but yeah, I don't I don't completely understand it. And and the, what the point I'm getting to here about central and everything else is that um, we do everything here in a very say casual way that is we really don't push right to the point that I, I've often sort of thought and lamented at I don't have a mailing list I don't have an email list we don't have newsletters um, right we just sort of put the shows out and talk to the people on the shows and we, you know we, we, we used to talk to each other on on the forum we used to have several forums and now sort of on discord but I know that you know those things are hard to maintain at least for me I know I haven't been on the Discord very often. Um, but even without this kind of this sense of organization and, ma- uh, you know, our social, c- managing the social stuff, we still have a great deal of uh, participation. And I think that when it comes to Overnightscape Central, right, you might think that it's having a mailing list of everyone that's participated in the past and send them an email every week and, Something like that. But we haven't had to do that thus far. And I think it's better for that, that we haven't had to do that. Uh, not that there would be anything wrong with that. And that sort of comes to mind as kind of, um, you know, one possible thing to do. But it feels, it, I, I don't know. I really need to think about that more. And PQ, let me know how you feel about that idea. You know, we just put together a mailing list just just for Central and uh, send out an email each week and, and see if we get more participation. That's just a, a quite obvious one. But the idea that we've never had to kind of go in that direction before, I think, shows that there's something special going on here. There's some sort of this this project has an aspect that is kind of, like I said, mysterious, right? A mysterious aspect that it keeps going despite of sort of a lack of a lot of the usual um, so uh, 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 organizational type stuff, right? Which I think really. And this is sort of a, a sort of a side a side topic in a way, but you know, going back to the the uh, Gene Shepard Mad Magazine article uh, about the day people versus the night people, right? And I've really thought about that a lot. And then the day world, which we all know of as uh, the rat race, uh, echelons of control those sort of military-like control structures in corporations that we work at and in, um, you know, uh, businesses, in government, right, That the pyramidal control structures, right, all of the hassles of daily life, all of the rules and regulations, right, censorship, control, uh, pitting, pitting one person against another person, those are all day, the day side of things, whereas the night side of things is more what we would traditionally think of as sort of the hippies is sort of uh, everyone is sort of at the same level and getting along naturally and, uh, you know, kind of not concerned, concerned more maybe with the experience rather than making money and gaining control and gaining prestige. The day people versus the night people, right? And that um, this sort of has another aspect of the day versus the night is some strains or sprains. What's the right word there? Strains? Sprains? I like the idea of sprains of thought. Strain? I, what am I th- what, what, what word am I looking for there? 
Excuse me while I smoke my pipe. I ran out of cigars. I have to smoke a pipe now. Um, you know, the day, uh, there's like two Illuminatis, like a day Illuminati and a night Illuminati, and that's been sort of one of the factors of what's been going on in this world. And at times I even thought that the number 209, my big number, was sort of related to that sort of uh, the vision of the world more balanced, uh, you know, because I, I don't think that one or the other of these forces is, they're both kind of necessary, but I think that we're, in the world we're living in today, we're very, the, the, we're very, uh, there's a great imbalance. It's too much day and too little night in terms of the way our society is running. But you could say that the way that things have been going on Onsug Radio and the Central specifically sort of exemplifies in a way uh, uh, that the night night people, right, that we're not, that we're just sort of going with the flow, going with the groove and just, right, and not having to employ uh, day world techniques in order to run things. Again, that's a very broad kind of statement about things, but I, I have noticed that, that we have sort of been able to um, exemplify some of those philosophies with, again, the decisions and the way things have been going is very, to me, very subconscious, very much at a gut level, and uh, I'm, you know, constantly thinking up new ideas and stuff. And I will get to some of those new ideas that I've t- I've touched on in the past, which is why PQ, when you came up with this thing, you know, is is central outmoded. <laughs> I mean, it really. Uh, relates to a, a set of ideas that I've been working on for years that I still don't think are necessarily the right ideas, but I've been thinking about it anyway. And it it does have to do with a new way of doing things here, which I don't think is... I, I, I have come to the conclusion that these are probably not good ideas, but I do want to talk about them because it relates. But essentially, you know, we still have... And, and I'm gonna, let me, let's go through the list of the participants because I want to sort of, you know talk about you know who's been participating in central over the years and uh, there's still so many people as we see there's really there's still really good turnout for exit ramp each month and so those people are still out there and we hear from these people and it'd be great to hear from them more on central um, so again I don't know if it's just a matter of reaching out to them and who even knows I, I guess an email list, but a lot of people we don't even have their email. We just we just contact them on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever. I don't know X that is X. There's no more Twitter, but you know what I'm saying. There's still so many people that are very connected to our Onsug world that um, would love. To, I'd love to, I, I, and I'm sure they would have things to say about these topics. Even Carrie Michelle, who has been uh, away from our world for so long, she's actually. Uh, I think she emailed me or contacted me. She said that she. Was trying. She was thinking of uh, going onto the exit ramp recently, and she, of course, did a bunch of centrals. But yeah, let's look at this list. Let's see here. Oh yeah, you know, and soon we are going to be getting to the twenty-second anniversary of Overnightscape Central. That's coming up. Tw- no, the twelfth. I'm sorry, <laughs> not the twenty-second. Twelve years. Twelve years is coming soon, right? Because it started in l- late in 2010. All right. So the uh, participants here in the 600 Club. Having participated in over 600 episodes, PQ, just you and me, are in the 600 Club. Then we have the 300 Club, those that have been on over 300 episodes of Central. Chad and Doc. Doc Slees and Chad Bowers are both in the uh, 300 Club. 
How about the 100 Club people that have done over 100 episodes? We have Jimbo, of course, sadly passed away in 2017. He did 138 episodes from 2014 to 2017. Shambles uh, and... Uh, Ruben from Australia, and uh, Ed, Eddie, Eddie Murray. In fact, he was on just last month, right? And that was his 100th episode, so he's in the 100 Club now. How about the uh, 50 Club? 50 to 100, we have Mike Booty, Dave in Kentucky, Brian Jude, interestingly, he did 69 episodes from 2010 to 2012. Brian Jude dropped out of our world like uh, uh, over 10 years ago, but he, he, he has a lot, a lot of episodes, right? Uh, and, then, and another 50 Club guy, Jeff Sink, remember him? He did 57 episodes from 2011 to 2014, and then he dropped out. And it's interesting because he, in one of those reunion shows, he actually, um, he talked about how his, why he stopped participating, like his life situation changed, he, di he didn't have as much time. So he actually articulated kind of what, as I recall, kind of what were the factors that kind of led him to uh, no longer participate. But he talked about that. Yeah, it's life situation stuff, you know. Also in the 50 Club, is uh, the aforementioned Carrie Michelle. So it looks like she hasn't participated since 2014. Maybe she'll come back. She's still out there. She's posting a little bit on Facebook. Maybe we can get her back. And finally, in the 50 Club, Callie Dingo. Yes. What a great participant and contributor to Overnight Escape Central. Kelly Dingo did 51 episodes from 2015 to 2018. And uh, I've tried to get back in touch with him. I don't know. I think his just life situation must have changed, but his uh, contributions were fantastic. All right, how about the 25 Club? Let's see. We have uh, Bob Lament, uh, Neil from Ireland. Clara from Australia, Mark Rose from Fusebox, Manny the Mailman, Wayne Reichert, who did 26 episodes from 2010 to 2012, and then he dropped out. Dave in Wisconsin, 23 episodes, mostly in the Jimbo era, right? Uh, Becky, uh, Meand the Meanderer has been on 21, epi uh, 21 episodes. All right, we were doing the 25. All right, so how about 10 10. 10 to 24, okay. This is getting too complicated. So Dave in Wisconsin did 23 episodes. Uh, Be Becky, 23. Meanderer, 21. Jan Eric in Norway, 17 episodes. Uh, Joe Gibson, 12 episodes. Smidge Kirtlebaum, 12 episodes. Uh, the Artist Shaman Q, 8 episodes. Oh, wait. we're not, not Now we're doing... Uh, now in the single digits. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, so for eight episodes, we have Artist Shaman Q, Rob DeCaterino, Simon from Nevada, Nate from Wisconsin, Mike from Green Bay, right? He did seven episodes. Milt from Fusebox, Mark from Across the Pond, he did six episodes. I remember him saying that he, he wanted more uh, like like racy or spicy topics, and we did one topic for him, guns. He wanted to talk about guns. It was specifically for him. Brazen Gestures, five episodes. It's interesting because a lot of these people that we're, that we're hearing from do come on the the, the, um, the exit ramp, so they're still out there, you know. Uh, Peter Litke, four episodes. Randy from California with three episodes. Now we have the two-episode club here. Brian Cassidy, or Phantom Weasel, my brother John. Jeff Pollard from Fusebox. Israel Brown. Fruitcake Toothpaste. Chris Moore. 
Scott Lowe, remember him? Another guy that just came and went. Andy from WFMU. A, a mystery person, Alex Emery. Two episodes. Alex from Into the Ether. So that's the two club. And then we have this, the one and done club is at the end here. But this is all these people. It's, like, it, it, it's just an, an amazing amount of uh, participants here. James from Scotland, right? He, he's the guy that just came on the channel fairly recently. He did one. Um, my father, Frank Ralph Noor, Josh Bond, Dr. Panasofsky, Alicia, Alicia America, surprise guest. Some of these are just from the descriptions. Surprise, speedy delivery, Russell Thomas, revamp, junior announcer, Glenn Acton, Jacob, the son of Brian Jude, the folk from heck, Nika Dreamscape, uh... Monica, the daughter of Bicoastal Becky. Greg Izzy from um, the uh, Paunch Stevenson show. My wife, Denise. Joseph Marinaro. All Orange. Mystery guest, Yardy McSales Pants. Tup from Hometownville. Nanook from Hometownville. Keith Heldsley. Brent Swanson. Steve in Arkansas. And Coptic Nerve. One episode. So that's, uh, that's the full list of 73 participants. Yeah. And, you know, I, some of them are, like, not coming back. I don't think, like, uh, uh, Wayne Reichert, he, he found religion, and I don't think he's coming back. But some of these people could come back, you know. I, I, I would love to hear from some of these, these people again, you know. But anyway, let's get to the uh, the idea that I have never been able to let go of that relates to this in terms of a new way of doing things that I have talked about it in the past a number of times, and I feel like this idea is an idea that it's a good idea, but for whatever reason, be it my own subconscious or those outside forces that I've talked about, this idea I've always has always been I've always been steered steered away from this idea, um, and I'm perhaps for a good reason. But uh, it is something that has been on my mind probably for decades now and even recently it's came back something that I've been thinking about a lot um, and again talking about this I don't want to say this is I want to do this but I just it's worth talking about this issue so uh, so let me just let me just put it out there the idea and again I've I've stated this idea many times in many different ways but the idea is that this is essentially, and this does relate to Night Station. I think this is basically the Night Station idea, right? Is basically that there is one broadcast, right? A single broadcast that is, uh, in theory, broadcasting all the time, though not necessarily like a live internet radio broadcast, right? It's sort of a, a more theoretical thing, and it. The top and, and basically the original night station uh, from what was it back in 2011, right? As you recall, we PQU did these patches. I did some patches. They were very long. They could be six to eight to nine hours long, and it was essentially like a live broadcast. And it was a live broadcast at the time. That was the idea: is that I, I got one of those shoutcast servers or whatever, and it was broadcasting live, right? The idea that. It doesn't have to be being recorded live, but in a sense that 
it's what I was calling at the time virtual live, right? That it was a, it was a this never-ending broadcast. That's another thing. I did a test show called the never-ending broadcast that um, adopted some of these ideas. But Night Station itself, that original Night Station, the idea was that we recorded these patches that were very long, but the idea that they could be played on the stream in any order infinitely. And as we kept making more patches, uh, that just increased the amount of content. But the idea is that it would always be backed up. It would always be something you could download and access and listen to in any order. That is, whether it's broadcasting on, on a stream, which, you know, that shoutcast technology for Internet radio has one big uh, drawback, which is that the more people that are listening, the more you got to pay, right? That's the problem, right? And since we sort of became a non-commercial project, it kind of runs counter, whereas just the downloads don't seem to cost any... Like, it doesn't really matter how many people are downloading it. It doesn't cost any more, right? And that was one of the big issues I had with it, was that, wow, if we get really successful, then where is this money going to come from, you know? So I think that... Uh, right the initial night station I didn't feel was successful but it had a number of ideas and in fact it, it led to essentially new developments such as uh, like the other side of the overnight scape and many other things so it was in a way the way the same way car companies make concept cars to sort of find a new way forward I think that it was like a concept show that did help us greatly right but now this concept which I eventually in my mind and in my, my personal notes, I wound up calling universal night audio format, right? The idea that you have a broadcast that is happening, but it transcends time and space. The idea that, like right now, you're listening to me, whoever you are out there listening to me, right? This is a pre-recorded segment, clearly. I'm not going out live right now, but it's but we're patching through to each other, right? You By you listening to this, you're sort of synchronized with my reality here. So the idea is that this broadcast doesn't need to be live, but it is kind of live in a way because we're patching through. And um, so the idea of Universal Night Audio Unit is that it is a format for recording segments that uh, can be played in any order on a live stream or just personally on your own device or via an app or anything. The idea is that um, any set of these recordings can be played in any order to, pro- to produce this broadcast, right? And one of the questions that comes up then is sort of like, well, you need, you need a strong, um, for lack of a better term, a sort of a, a strong brand or brand image. Like, you know, what is this channel? What is it that we're talking about and that's where I think that the idea got a bit too broad and at one point when I was working on it you can look at this idea and say wow this could actually be fairly universal it could be a format that we introduce to the world and then anyone that wants to can record segments for this format now of course as you might imagine we also one of the things that we have here on OnSug Radio is that we're all kind of, even though th- there was one point where I had to sort of talk about rules and stuff, which I really hated to do, but 
was a guy, Alex, that was doing a new show and it, where he was doing more crude content and it, it, it really felt like something I didn't really want on the channel because he was, you know... Anyway, it, it, it was... And I know it sounds funny coming from me that I, I had all this offensive humor when I was younger and everything, but I, I, I don't really like... And I've, I don't think I've ever had to do it again since then, right? Uh, other than trying to talk about the copyright stuff, please don't play commercial music on the shows, and then also this, you know, super offensive kind of stuff, you know. Uh, other than those few times, I haven't really had to deal with it. I haven't had to deal with, uh, like, a, an objectionable content issue because it just sort of seems, it, without even having to make an effort, it just sort of... There's a vibe, there's a flow that's going on with Onsug Radio that we haven't had to deal with that. But of course, when you throw something out to the world, you're going to start to get a you know a lot of um, you know sort of naturally objectionable content, let's say, which is something that none of us want to think about. We want to censor things, but especially at at the level that we're at, do, do, you know, I don't know that I personally want to be associated with a kind of content and I, I hate talking about it and it, luckily it's not an issue but you know um, if, if, if it was going to be something more universal then we would have to deal with those topics we would have to deal with uh, you know uh, objectionable and offensive segments on this on this broadcast right but then I thought you know well why not I'll just allow all of that allow it, it complete freedom complete freedom for everyone but then a robust way of categorizing and and um, marking up or adding metadata to these shows so that right and this is just that full-blown idea which would just be completely out of our control at that point but the idea w would be that uh, at some level people could listen to and review and rate Again, social media, early dreams of social media, uh, these segments, and in order for, you know, and then different groups could curate different sets of these segments to produce their own broadcasts, right? But it's all sort of based on the same system. Um, there was one point where I was really working on the broader, that broader concept, and it did feel like an outside force was sort of letting me know in no uncertain terms that this was not the right direction to go in. Um, that was years ago, though, that I had, there's a few incidents just personally that I kind of felt like probably not the, not the best idea. And just to step back for a second, it, it does, I do sort of feel like the Idea, these types of ideas can thrive with more of a night people energy as opposed to day people energy, right? And I think that in a way, those uh, individuals that are have, have have been a part of our channel here are uh, night people, right? In, a, in, 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 in generally speaking, they're night people. They're not day people. Of course, all of us are a combination of them, but. I just, I just sort of feel like, and again, to step back and just think just with Central, for example, how fortunate we've been, the inc all the incredible contributors 
and how it's all just sort of worked out, you know. And um, and I think again, I think it is because only the nature, like I said, we're not promoting it, we're not pushing it, and I think the people that gravitate towards it are going to be people that have more of that night the night sensibility, right? Um, sort of naturally speaking, it, and I think that's been kind of an aspect of what's been going on here, right? Is that it's it's a night people thing. Not that we're there's no test for it. Are you a day person or a night person? And I clearly have one foot in the day people world. I mean, I work in a major corporation. There's nothing more day than that. Um, but so so I do think that this idea. But just think about it, right? If there's now thousands of these individual segments, and and I think that we would have. I think that. It's better if they're sh- if they're on the shorter side of segments. So I mean, um, an hour or less. I've been thinking twenty something minutes or forty something minutes or up to an hour. Those are the kind of time concepts I've had for this. Um, but certainly no more than an hour for each segment. The idea is that I mean, you could do ten segments in a day if you wanted to, but those would be individual segments that then um, would be available. To, uh, to anyone. So someone could actually set up their own listening session by grabbing the latest of these or just listen to them at random or it could be an internet stream or it could be, uh, you know, uh, you could actually put together playlists like on the internet archive of these things to produce um, a broadcast session that could go for, you know, a day, a week, whatever uh, with these segments. But anyway, I think you see it's this is sort of a fine line from what we're doing now, which is individual shows, but the idea that everything and I and it's funny because I do think ah, this fly is anno- get out of here. This fly is annoying me. This fly is hassling me, man. Um, I know that uh, I think Chad. I think it was on a central that Chad sort of uh, talked about a very similar concept. And I was when I heard it, I'm like, wow, that's like the same concept that I sort of think about just about every day but doesn't seem to be the right idea for us but so i understand he i I have no idea what episode it was chad if you're listening do you remember that you talked about an idea like this as well so anyway the idea which i do not think is a good idea but the idea that has come to mind recently that is very similar to this question about uh central is that uh you might say that as a, as, a, as, a, as a way of doing things differently, again, this, I don't think this is a good idea ultimately, but I'm just going to state the idea, that we look at OnSug Radio as this uh, kind of never-ending virtual broadcast and that instead of doing individual shows, we could each just do these uh, sh- um, segments on OnSug Radio where, where it's like you, you would say, hey, th- I'd say, hey, this is Frank patching through to OnSug Radio. How's it going? And you would be very open and honest about where you were. Like, I'm here patching through to OnSug Radio to do my air shift here. Uh, it's Sunday, September, September 17th, 2023, 5.06 p.m. I'm sitting on my porch here in Nutley, New Jersey. And then it could be pretty much any kind of content, the content that we usually do, right? But it would, it would, each segment would have a certain 
you'd sort of mention, oh, this is OnSug Radio, I'm patching through, and then just do your content, and then each of these segments could be OnSug Radio segments as opposed to individual shows. You see what I'm saying? I don't know if I'm explaining the idea right, but the idea that that could sort of replace the whole system we have now of individual shows. Again, I don't think that's a good idea. I am not going to go in that direction. But that's an idea I've had and I've thought about that is the way we've been doing things outmoded overall and should we shift to this other met, other idea. That has crossed my mind. I have been thinking about it. But again, I don't think it's the right direction necessarily. But I think it's an interesting idea to put out there because right? it's, it's been something that I think about all the time. <laughs> It's like I can't let go of it, but there's something about it that's not right. There's something – or maybe I haven't, come up, we, I haven't come up with the right formula yet. Everyone that's listening, let me know what you think about this idea. I mean I don't think we – I don't think – there's something to it, but I don't think it's right for us. Very half-baked idea so far. But anyway, there's been some other variations of the idea such as uh, – one, one variation I really liked was uh, – Again, this would be more sort of universal or, you know, more broad. The idea is it could be more broadly applied. But again, you know, the uh, – and I don't know how much those fears are founded, you know, that if you put something out there for a much larger audience, if it ever catches on, the dark side of things that could infect, infest it, you know. But the this idea is just that. A new audio format, but much looser. It's just any audio recording in which someone says the word maizenweed would then be part of this set of recordings. The only requirement is that you have to say the word maizenweed in your recording, but otherwise it can just be anything. And again, it would be this sort of set of recordings that's connected by this one word, right? And that people could collect this audio, but that it would be much less structured, no rules, you know. The idea is that, you know, it, in the in the sense that there are no rules that we're not we're yes, yeah, someone could curse up a storm and trash all these different groups of people and people could play, could play commercial music and all this stuff that's normally considered uh, stuff that's better not to use. Uh, but the idea is that those could be identified as having that kind of stuff and right there there could be a way of marking them. But again, I don't think that. I think that. For whatever that we're, we would do with any kind of con- and and again, this concept does not have to be an all or nothing concept. We could experiment with this idea without giving up the previous shows, right? Um, yeah, but I think we can kind of say that it's something that would only really work in with the uh, night people involved. And again, I don't know how you find somehow we found a lot of night people. But it it doesn't work with a lot of day people involved. And when I say day or night people, people with a – everyone has a balance of day and night in them, in their sensibilities. But someone that would have sort of a predominantly night or large night sensibility, whereas most people probably don't have that. They're more day-oriented. But I have actually been working on uh, a variant of this idea, certainly with a much much more – specific focus um, in the OnSug Radio broadcast. And I just did a test, the OnSug Radio uh, broadcast test. Uh, last month I did that. The idea is that 
there is really a need for uh, a top-level uh, sort of introductory content. And so I've been really working on this idea of these uh, three-and-a-half-minute random segments from the entire archive. And um, thus far, the, you know, the test that I did, which was like a couple hours, I think like four hours of those random, you know, 209-second clips, two, 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 three minutes, 29-second clips, um, that it just sounded really good to me. So the idea was that you would just, as specifically for an introductory layer uh, to Onsug Radio, you would create this uh, this series of these broadcasts, but it would sort of have that same universality to them. They'd be around an hour long, and it would have a host playing these random clips. And this is a, something I'd, I'm very much intending to, to move forward with. Um, the idea that, right... Whether it's you want to do completely random or you want to curate the random clips, you're you're essentially patching. Hey, you know, again, I'm patching through to Onsug Radio and um, playing these random clips from the entire archive. What two hundred thousand of these clips I, I I generated, you know, and play them and talk about them. And then I was thinking that this is a very focused idea of of a universal night audio unit but that certainly in the in the process of playing these random clips and commenting on them that individual hosts can also be doing original content original commentary and whatever else and that i was thinking that maybe this idea which is still really in its infancy it's really just starting could start off being very laser focused on just you know, playing clips from the entire archive, but could then sort of perhaps grow into something where there's more variety of content uh, in, in, in those uh, broadcast clips. But the, the, the hallmark of them is that they're intended to be played in any order and that, right, you're, the, the concept is that you're patching into Onsug Radio. We're transcending time and space. Um, and it becomes sort of a virtual live experience, and it's this very customizable broadcast that you can sort of ha- get access to at any time if it's set up, right? So the idea that you could have the full set of these uh, clips and play it, at, play them at random, or there could be a curated set of these of these hour-long clips that uh, someone put together that you can listen to as sort of a you know a ten-hour thing that you can listen to over the course of a couple days, right? So in that sense, I. I am intending to implement it on that level, but it, because of the potential of the idea to go beyond just a very focused, I, th- I think sort of the idea is, you know, if, you, if it's too broad, it kind of doesn't seem to work. It seems to almost be dangerous, but if it's, if it's too, f- and if it's too focused, it just serves one purpose. But if there's that sweet spot in there somewhere, it does seem like this idea could um, lead to new directions, right? And it's weird because I feel weird even talking about this because I did not intend to talk about this idea as I've been down this road so many times and I'm sort of annoyed with myself that I can't really come to any conclusions with this idea. I just continue to think about it and then at some level it's like, no, don't do it, don't do it. It's not a good idea, you know. Um, but seeing the topic uh, of is central outmoded, it completely relates to this idea. But I'm afraid this, the ideas I'm talking about are a bit too half-baked to do anything with r- right now. You know, and I think 
another thing that we could do is, you know, um, and this is something that I think we've all sort of talked about is that, um, for example, if we were going to do the, this broadcast, uh, virtual broadcast concept, you know, we could have sessions similar to Exit Ramp, but with maybe smaller numbers of people that could get together and just do a, do a segment together. And um, something like Central, where, where there are these topics that are out there, to sort of have that list of topics. And I know, PQ, there was a thing called Topictron in the past, where there were these different topics. The idea that there could be uh, smaller sessions like Exit Ramp that could be recorded as, as segments for this, this new idea. But, yeah, so it's called OnSug Radio. That's definitely the name of the... You know, I've struggled with the name. Should it be the OnSug or the Overnight Scape Underground or OnSug Radio? But I've settled on OnSug Radio as the name. But the idea that it would be a new kind of... Um, specifically a top-level broadcast. And I'm absolutely moving forward with the this concept as far as playing the random clips. But then the idea that this... Uh, idea of broadcasting on OnSug Radio can be um, we could be open to more variety of content, not just playing those random clips and in a sense it could lead to something new, but I would prefer to dip our toe into it and um, try it out and see where it goes but while not changing anything immediately so PQ, if I would say I completely understand the idea of, you know, is Central outmoded? I don't think the the idea is outmoded, but maybe the way we're doing it, right? I think that as opposed to having an email list and, hey, guys, the next topic is this. Would you please record something? Rather than that, which I know it sounds easy and it, there's nothing wrong with it, and I would be totally supported if you wanted to do that. But maybe it's um, an indication that we should be looking in new directions. So my request to you, PQ, is if you could keep doing the central uh, as is for the time being, but un- understanding the completely understanding the question of should we move in new directions with it. And I think this, as I've been sort of outlining, I hope I've outlined this idea in a way that makes some kind of sense that um, I do want to try to move forward with these new concepts as again I'm definitely moving forward with the top level random clip concept as part of the virtual broadcast and then could we start to expand for example central into for so maybe just as an example say central then becomes kind of a, a segment of Onsug Radio and again, it feels kind of like everything we do is on OnSug Radio, but this is specifically a bit more formatted, right? We're talking about how we're patching through to OnSug Radio and the content is in there, and it's all part of this one content type, right? The idea is, for example, we could um, do like a Zoom call but invite uh, a subgroup of people to talk just to talk about that one topic, right? Which... On Exit Ramp, I have had topics once or twice, but 
I really love Exit Ramp that there's no topic and everyone just starts talking and it, it somehow it works and we just keep talking for four hours. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like Central as kind of like a Zoom call that is in this new context. I do think that new forms are... I do think it seems that uh, it's time to sort of starting to investigate some new forms for what we have here. Um, I think you see what I'm saying. I, I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm describing this concept properly, but I think you get the idea. Anyway, another central request I have for you, PQ. This is just sort of because I look at the list of topics so much. We have uh, topics in every letter of the alphabet except for X and Z. So my request is, can we have uh, topics with the, starting with letter X and starting with letter Z coming up? That's my one request. I think X-ray or X-ray specs, X-ray glasses, or just X-ray could be a good one, or whatever X you can come up with. In Z, there's a lot of Zs. I don't know what would be a good Z topic, but uh, I think you see what I'm saying. An X and a Z. That's just... I think it would be cool if we had every letter of the alphabet. But yes, so to reiter reiterate, my request would be to try and keep things going as they have been, but we will start working on uh, new forms. Because I don't think just keeping it as is and making a newsletter or an email list, I don't think that's probably not the best way of doing it. I think um, new new forms may be called for. And maybe, you know, as I said, I wasn't going to talk about this topic because, I again, I'm annoyed with myself on this topic. But because you brought it up, I figured I'd talk about it. And maybe, I, I maybe hopefully, UPQ or someone else listening, maybe you can see something in my ideas that I'm missing. I do feel like I'm missing, a, I'm missing some essential aspect to the idea. I'm just, I'm just not like... There's something maybe there's something obvious about it that I'm just not getting, right? But uh, anyway, you you see what I'm saying? The virtual broadcast, more smaller Zoom calls, yada yada. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm going in circles with all this stuff. Anyway, thanks for the topic. A very important topic, very relevant. I don't think Central's outmoded. But perhaps we can move forward in different ways. Back to you, PQ. Oh, thanks for all that, Frank. And, and thank you for just knowing that you and these other, uh, Doc and Chad, get some, something out of being able to express themselves here and hear other people express themselves here, as do, I suppose, those who download and listen uh, to this each and every week. God, it's been 12 years. It, it's a long time uh, that we do this and gather. And as far as your ideas, the idea of uh, taking over your Zoom room from time to time and doing some sort of live topic gathering with the digressions, I mean, there, there is more to this than uh, the possibility of the exit ramp. And I've thought about that. And I would consider doing something along the lines of that. But this episode has convinced me, at least for the time being, although who knows how long, to continue to try to 
do this. I mean, what you're trying to do, I understand, to make this giant thing into bite-sized morsels and the idea of doing shorter things and more of them has occurred to me and now I'm in that mode where I have been jumping back and forth between the shorter firmly around a half an hour appreciator shows and the sprawling variety and presentation and open-endedness of the big appreciation showcases and you know the longer form things with mark for that matter are all these beautiful beautiful ideas to my head and it's just a matter of like doc was saying finding the time and fitting it in and feeling like i'm maintaining my own continuity so to speak because I'm, I started a big appreciation showcase a few days ago, and I already feel in a way that I may have lost the strand of what I was originally doing there. And to talk about the patches and that whole concept which we dropped, that is what I have been trying to bring back with the big appreciation showcases. Some of them... There are at least four hours, if I'm not mistaken, all of them. And some of them are over five, approaching six. And there is something about that. It's not that it needs to be listened to all in one piece, but it's like some fragment of the inside of my memories and what I would like to share. Things from the Overnightscape Underground, especially, and things that inspire the ideas that are the overnightscape underground. They are patches for all intents and purposes to me, but in a new, perhaps slightly more presentable form, I, I, it would be hard for us to go back. I mean, if there was somebody who had this immense amount of time and devotion who could literally cut segments by topic out and somehow label introduce them, mark them as used so we don't get a lot of repeats. Because, And then again, what's wrong with repeats? People listen to the radio and hear the same umpteen songs over and over and get some sort of satisfaction out of the repetition. And some people will listen to uh, old shows of like real hosts like Howard Stern or Opie and Anthony and I myself there are certain Gene Shepard shows that over the last what 15-20 years I have listened to numerous times and probably will listen to again um, these there is a certain joy of repetition that I don't take into account often. I feel I need to keep presenting new things or things that haven't been represented as much. And again, I really, the project that I feel I need to maintain and keep going is this big appreciation showcase because it allows me, I nothing I really talk about in the appreciator is so urgent. I am not your current events, socio-political, here's the news. I mean, like Chad was talking about things. I mean, I haven't really followed with any focus 
the Ukraine thing, except for the fact that knowing the tragic things that probably shouldn't ought to happen, but are being manipulated by people with power trying to push some agenda, and that, yes, the world, there are we are being bagged, tagged, uh, reduced. Everything we say or do, I mean, it almost seems as if when this machine is on, even when it's phones that are not theoretically connected to the internet are still connecting to the internet. I mean, I use a, what, an iPhone 5 as a camera at work, and it's not activated as a phone, but it sure knows from somewhere that there's a new iOS version or something. They are monitoring us and gathering this information for, you know, so you could think it's an insidious purpose. Uh, and it probably some of it is. I mean, they want to sell us things that maybe we don't need. They want us to buy from here and not from there. They want us to believe this agenda and maybe not that agenda. And those people over there, exactly the opposite. We are in a world where there is, it's not an entity, it's a they, and it, they're not all on the same team trying to manipulate us, I don't know, financially, to spend money that we don't have, to be constantly in debt, to feel powerless, perhaps, in a lot of cases, because, yes, we're presented with all of these quandaries, these diseases, these solutions for diseases, these potential lockdowns and loss of freedom. Um, it, my whole thing with trying to get what used to be nothing, you would go and get a passport, and in an afternoon, you'd fill out the forms, show them a few papers, and it'd come in the mail in a couple weeks. Now it's been just this unending procedure on top of procedure. And why? I, I'm under suspicion of, of some sort. If I could just easily get it, I might do something dangerous to others, to, to threaten the world's peace. I don't know. But the Overnightscape Central... After 12 years, I'm just going to keep going at this, at least for a little more. We will hit our 12th anniversary. And uh, as far as bits and pieces and making what we do, I don't know. I, as I've said a million times, if suddenly this became some trendy, popular thing, and I mean, I would like to somehow do this and not have to have a job and not feel I need to do anything, just focus on my programs and the Overnightscape Underground in some sort of full-time way. I'm sure Frank would like to do that. I'm sure uh, he would rather not work for some corporate entity and have people tell him what to do and how to do it and have to seek the approval of others in that realm. Um, I would love to sit here at my table with my microphone and laptop and equipment and just present 
my ideas, my responses, these programs, and this vast head full of nostalgia and, and pop culture that I've lived through, that something in me feels compelled to remember. And as long as something is remembered somewhere, it continues to live I mean, uh, the Bob Newhart show, uh, as long as somebody remembers that it happened, it's real. I mean, the second that, like a lot of these old-time radio shows that I find, they're all but forgotten. And in another 10, 20 years, they really will be. Bands, music, these things are so transitory. And yet in the moment that, you know, I was exposed or appreciated them, Jack Benny, Oh, this stuff is just so funny and wonderful. And yet a young person in their teens or 20s couldn't even begin to relate to it. It's it's that same old story that P.Q. Rivers says, but this is what I do and this is what I apparently like to do. Uh, and yeah, it, uh, it's an ego thing because if just a couple people listen, and appreciate it. I know I have brought Vic and Sade to a handful of people, and they have appreciated it. When I used to uh, add my music, which I don't anymore, because at this point in my existence, I'm just not feeling it. So uh, I'm not even going back. It, and, you know, when it, it was something new that I had done that I wanted feedback on and I felt good about, but now I don't even listen back to the stuff that I have done. I'm on some other track and chasing other ideas and following other things. And that this is the nature of existence. Uh, what we remember and what we don't and why we do things and why we don't. This is the mystery of life, right? Why are we here? Who knows? We can ponder that for the rest of our lives and still not come up with a conclusive answer. But we can listen to a lot of Gene Shepard shows and old radio mysteries and audiobooks and talk about them and even say, oh, well, I don't like that. Or, wow, that's I see that differently. That's the magic of the Overnightscape Central and the Overnightscape Underground. So let's just transition into what we are going to do here next week because Frank indeed pointed out something that if this is ever going to be a completed cycle, yes, we must have a topic for every letter of the alphabet. And um, since I am talking about these mysteries and that... We never really know why we do anything or why things happen and just need to deal with them as they go. Or why did I say that? And then answer to the consequences of having said something that maybe you didn't even mean, but this is all the X factor. And hence, next week, that's the topic here on the Overnightscape Central, the X factor. And it works as usual. You have seven days, that's right, till the 25th of September, 2023, to concoct and record or just write 
what you would like me to read and get it to me at this here email address I'm about to tell you once again kpqr.torc at gmail.com saying it again so you don't have to scooch back write it down Uh, tattoo it on your arm so every week you can look and say oh it's time to do the overnight skit no don't tattoo it on your arm Uh, that this is not (laughs) anyways uh, kpqr.torc at gmail.com Uh, The X Factor, the X Factors in our existence and uh, what we think about them and address anything in that term and and just tell me what's on your mind because that is what the Overnightscape Central strives to present and we can present it if you send it. That almost rhymes. We can present it if you send it on the Overnightscape Central. Yeah, that's a, almost a catchphrase. And uh, do it. That, that, do me a favor. I, I, I amuse you, perhaps, and amuse me for a few minutes. And like Frank was saying, uh, that perhaps uh, people are daunted and dock by, like, somebody just talked for an hour on a topic and you feel your little five minutes is insignificant or not worthy it's all worthy. We just blather a lot, and that doesn't mean we are contributing anything greater here. We just are trying to be Gene Shepherd or something. And with that in mind, uh, again, participate on the Overnightscape Central. Thank you. Thank you so much, Doc, Chad, Frank, for uh, this attitude readjustment to a certain extent, because, yeah, I, I I'm feeling a little, and especially uh, before this, a little low and like maybe my time has run out for this concept, but there's still a little gas in the tank and perhaps we even got a little uh, extra charge in there. We'll see in the coming weeks. But the X Factor next week, be here. And until the next time we meet, set the controls for the heart of the fun.